Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in! With your host, Callius Anderson, stop it down behind his head. Seku Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. And Vince Thomas. Slices across the lane, puts up a hook on the run. No, but a dynamite stick back slam. Now it's time for the tip Hang time podcast, playoff edition. We're moving on to the next series. Vince Thomas alongside me here. Yo, yo. Seku Smith from the Hang Time blog. Vince, let's talk Cleveland and Chicago, and let's okay. bring in NBA.com's Steve Ashburner to give us the insight. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, sir. We're doing, doing well. good. We're doing good. Listen, Steve, this series, you're talking about two teams that have probably made more headlines for what they've done off the court leading into this series than they have on the court. Uh, you know, Chicago with the dust-up between Vinny Del Negro, the head coach, and John Paxson, the general manager, executive vice president. And then you have LeBron James, I don't, the guy hadn't played in weeks. I mean, you got fans complaining, people, <laughs> wanting him. Him, people wanting him on the floor and he's not there. Good for him. Is Are all those distractions out the window now when these two teams get on the floor and get going in this thing? You know, I, you'd like to say yes because you'd like to believe in the product and the, uh, the adrenaline that everybody's going to have pumping, but I'm not so sure. I think that we'll only know regarding Cleveland and, and that whole rust versus rest uh, dilemma if they take care of business. And, and to me, taking care of business for them against Chicago means sweep. If, they, if Chicago wins a game or two, you know, I don't think that the Cavaliers are in any danger. So you'd say, well, so what? So they came in a little rusty, big deal. It's not the game or two they lose to Chicago that might matter. It's the game or two extra they have to play in the playoffs by the time they get around facing Orlando or the Lakers or whomever. You know, the cumulative wear and tear – because you're not going to be able to manage your rest quite the same way as you did by sitting those guys down the last week. You know, I I, I don't really see how Chicago can get more than a game out of Cleveland. Because, first of all, when we talk about Russ, Steve, I mean, if there's one player in the NBA that could come back um, from, I, I don't care if it's two months and not have any Russ, it's this crazy dude, um, LeBron James. So, I mean, he's going to come back, and he's just going to hit the ground, you know, like, like a locomotive, like, you know, like he usually is. But, I, and I want to know what you think about this. I really think that Chicago is going to miss that X-Factor, Ben Gordon-type player in these playoffs. If, if, if Chicago had a 2009 playoff Ben Gordon, we, I could see them maybe snatching two games because, because of, you know, a, a hot streak he could get on. Without that on their roster, I don't, I don't see how they, how they get more than one game out of Cleveland. Well, I agree with you. I mean, your first point regarding LeBron, yes. I mean, being, you know, 25, whatever, uh, he should be able to uh, get right back in his groove immediately. I mean, psych- uh, psychologically, emotionally, physically, you name it, uh, being there with the queue, uh, at the queue with everything, you know, fired up for a long, long playoff run, no problem at all. People will just say, 
at 25 with all that going for him, did he really need to sit out the last week? I mean, come on, you know, a game two here or there, second of a back-to-back, fine, but to just shut him down, no, it probably won't be a problem, but it probably wasn't necessary in the first place. In terms of the Bulls, you're right. I mean, the, the lack of outside shooting has been a problem for this team pretty much since the trading deadline when they moved John Salmons to Milwaukee. Now, Salmons had been up and down. Last spring, he and Gordon, you got to give both of them the credit for what they were able to do in pushing Boston to, you know, that amazing playoff series. I don't think we're going to see anything approaching that this spring because they don't have that perimeter shooting. Uh, you know, they're just not the threat. They don't spread the floor. And as a result, you know, there are people here in Chicago that feel the Bulls would have been better off missing the playoffs, <laughs> losing last night, wow. and, and, and being, you know, on the outs because – what good is a quick elimination against Cleveland if, you know, you, apparently Joe Kim Noah's plantar fasciitis is a concern. It was certainly a big enough concern that two guys in ties almost came to blows. Right. <laughs> so do you want him pounding up and down on the floor, playing with his reckless abandon, which makes him a great player to watch. But if you're worried about next season, you want him to blow it out or do something, you know, severe in, in four or five games this spring? I, you know, I don't think so. Well, Steve, when when you're talking about the 1-8 matchup, don't we always assume it's going to be lopsided in the favor of the top-seeded team? I mean, a couple you know, a couple years ago when that, that Celtics-Hawks series got going, everybody just assumed the Celtics would blow through them. But once you start these games, say, you know, say Luol Deng finds, a, you know, finds his sweet spot and starts playing well, or say Kirk Heinrich continues the hot play that he had this last week of the season. If one of these guys gets loose, could we not see – a Cleveland team on its heels maybe in Lua this series? Gonna, Lua Dang get loose for what? I'm just saying, could we not see a team, <laughs> you know, push this I, series up? I think I will, say, I will answer it by saying, yes, we could not. Thank you. No, I don't see it. Because, you know, when you mention Boston Hawks, that, that's a great example because those are clearly different style teams and they were diff- teams at different points in their life cycle. Uh, you had the savvy veterans. You don't want to exert themselves too much. And then you have this young, upstart, precocious kind of club in Atlanta right. that really took it to them and, right. and used athleticism and energy mm-hmm. to rock Boston back. I think that there's not enough contrast with right. Cleveland, Chicago. Cleveland is young enough with veterans. They've got experience beyond Chicago's. Right. Um, there's not a lot that – really nothing that the Bulls can throw at Cleveland that Cleveland hasn't seen or, or surpassed to this point already. Now, Derrick Rose is a hot hand, yes. You know, we saw him in that opening game against Boston last year. If he has a game or two or three like that against Cleveland, that could be a problem. Um, but I don't think he has the help. Heinrich and Rose in the backcourt, it's helpful offensively. It's not great defensively. And let's face it, you look around the league, and while you'd say there's no one man you can put on LeBron James and, and, and expect him to, to, to shut the guy down, you know, you like, you'd maybe like Kobe and or Ron Artest chances or you know, a couple other guys. Chicago really has nobody. Right. They have nobody. You can you know, flip Murray. I mean, you don't have anyone <laughs> that you can say, go in there and take the blows and, 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 and you know, use your six fouls and do whatever you can. You have nobody that, that, that can even stand eye to eye with the guy. I, you know, I, and another thing in Cleveland's favor for um, making this a series where they quickly dispose of Chicago like, you know, a lot of us expect is because Cleveland 
is coming into these playoffs more so than any other team in the NBA on a mission, more so than L.A. is trying to repeat, more so than any of, you know, uh, Orlando's trying to get back to the finals. Cleveland was was embarrassed uh, last year. They had the best record in the league, uh, got knocked out in the the conference finals. Um, There was the hubbub about LeBron and Dwight Howard not shaking hands. LeBron and that team have been on a mission all year. And I think that they're 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 going to use this first series um, sort of as as a statement. You know, I don't I don't see I don't see any let up from them. What I what I might what I might want to see is whether or not LeBron and uh, Noah get into it. What do you think about that, Steve? You think we might see some some uh, some acrimony there? Uh, that could be interesting. Uh, you know, Anderson Verjao also. I mean, he's sort of a. Uh... A Noah type. I mean, those guys uh, could could match up pretty well. You know what you say is interesting though, because I look at that, and I guess I would put it this way: of the 16 teams that qualified for the playoffs, there's only one that if it doesn't win the championship, the coach might lose his job. I mean, that at least is the view in some quarters on Mike Brown. People are not sold. They wonder whether this guy has what it takes to take that team to the next level. Uh, I disagree. Greater basketball minds than than mine disagree. They think that Mike Brown's doing a fine job, but he has a lot of critics beyond what you would think a guy whose team has won the most games two years in a row would have. So, yeah, there's pressure on these guys. If that translates into mission, great. I think another reason Cleveland needs to take care of business fast is they need more time in the practice gym. You know, Shaquille is coming back. They've got to work him in. It really matters most that he is available and effective against Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic. That would be round three. So if they could polish off the Bulls quickly, spend some time in the practice gym, you know, just sort of get the rhythm with Shaq in the middle. Um, and here's the other thing to watch, though. J.J. Hickson, he has thrived starting in that spot at center in Shaq's absence. And people on the inside in Cleveland say if he feels he's relegated to the bench now, I mean, let's face it, it's Shaq's job. Uh, but J.J. Hickson might not be as effective, and that would be a loss for Cleveland when they're going to need him in, in tougher series. Uh, yeah. Get to the bench, young fella. Shaq's back. <laughs> Relegated, yes. Get to the bench. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's strange, Steve, that we would talk this long, and Shaq's name doesn't come up until until now. I mean, yeah. is it really? Because he, uh, he, he plays on a team with LeBron. But, I mean, <laughs> is, is he really that much of a, a non-factor at this stage of the game until where you're really only saving him for Dwight Howard? Well, that's why they got him, and I don't think anybody feels, you know, too bad if if that's the quote-unquote only way that they're going to really need him. I think that would be fine. Um, That would then put a great deal of pressure on Shaq, though, because when when you've got one bullet in your gun, you know, and it's like it's it's meant for for Dwight Howard, you better take care of business then, because if Dwight Howard uh, somehow has his way when Shaq's on the court, um, it's going to be a deflating situation for, for Cleveland to think, well, that big move, this is what we did it for, here we are, and it's not working? No. So I, I, I think it's where Shaq is at this point in his career. I mean, he's, he's great for their locker room. He's a lot of fun for us to cover. Um, he has to bring it in spurts now. And uh, it's, it's always a, a, you know, a balancing act to see whether what he's got left in the tank is going to be greater than you know, some of the, the failings that he might have, you know, in terms of the, the foul shooting and, and anything else. And yeah. getting hurt again. I mean, you know, he, he just, you know, the wear and tear has just, you know, been tremendous on this guy. Yeah. Well, I'm almost afraid to ask because it sounds like this is a – we need brooms for these predictions on this series here. Um, does, does it last past four games, Steve? 
I don't think so, and um, I'm usually not a sweep kind of a guy. I hedge my bets, but I've I've never sniffed sweep quite as strongly. <laughs> How's that for alliteration? As I as I happen to uh, in uh, in this first round series, Steve Steve, I'm inclined to go with you here, uh, but I, I think I think Chicago uh, might take you know game three or four in Chicago, so I'm gonna give them one game, uh, Cleveland and five. Okay. Well, I want to watch good basketball, so I'm all for that. You know, a little bit, a little bit of drama, I'll, I'll take it, and and hopefully it has something to do with people other than Paxson or Del Negro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we shall see, Steve. I, I I don't see this thing lasting past four games. I'd love to see the Bulls put up a, a fight and make it dramatic, um, but how they get out of this without you know four black eyes and real quickly, um, I don't see it happening. Steve Ashburner from NBA.com. Thank you, us sir. On the, Playoff edition of the Hangtime Podcast. I'll be clicking and listening, fellas. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. Thanks.